Now, we continue with Mile High Magazine. Here's your host, Adam Morgan. As we traverse the streets of Colorado cities and towns, too often we see persons living in those streets and associate their faces with homelessness. Too often, this is a misperception that doesn't match reality. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. Actually, four-fifths of those homeless are persons with prolonged periods of unemployment, but with strong past career histories. Persons affected by accelerated housing costs exceeding their income, and it includes over 14,000 children and families sleeping in cars, shelters, short-term motels, or doubled up with family or friends. Personally touched by the situation of the homeless, many of us give clothing or food to shelters and some cash to persons on street corners. In addition, an important action we can all take is to change our many misperceptions regarding homelessness and share such with others when the opportunity arises. This expanded thinking can lead to additional outreach efforts and support being taken toward ending homelessness in our community. The Outreach Close to Home, Make Homelessness History in Colorado, centers their campaign by presenting accurate information regarding homelessness with actions one can employ to help. On this edition, we continue our conversation with Christy McElhenney of the Close to Home Project and James Gillespie of Mile High Behavioral Healthcare. Most of the folks experiencing homelessness for the first time, sure. they're from here. They're not migrating in. The uh, data shows they're from here. Okay. So imagine this. Uh, we're, you know, Adam, you're at home. You're in your community. You've lived in your community for 30 years. You lost your home, and all of a sudden you're not a community member of that community. How did you lose your quote-unquote, status of neighbor yeah. or a community member just because you don't have four walls? And how did your neighbors lose maybe a little bit of responsibility to take care of their neighbor? And, and what, what is that strange little thing that people say? Love thy neighbor. Right. Right? So, so you, you know, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't want your neighbor saying, oh, you just became homeless. Let's get you out of here. You know, rural Colorado is cheaper. <laughs> You know, I, I mean, you 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 would want to be in your community. That has occurred moving from Denver to Aurora. That has occurred. I've, I know some people who did that. You know, but studies not show, to keep from being homeless, but yeah. to have a more affordable place to live. So studies show, though, um, that you know, for health and well-being, a sense of community is a pillar and a tenet. And to displace someone from the community that they've lived in, uh, with the thought that they're going to have a more affordable place to live really speaks to diminishing their quality of life. And so naturally, you know, there are places that any that many of us can live and um, and move to and it would be more affordable, uh, but your quality of life goes down as well as the fact can you get a job there? Yeah, yeah, those 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 things are there, but if you have 10 challenges in Denver and four challenges someplace else, you're six challenges on the upside. And the only reason why I bring that up mm-hmm. is that those have surfaced in other conversations with uh, with people I've talked to. Um, does homelessness tend to become more visible as we approach holidays, even though it's a 365-day thing you have to deal with? The holiday season has become known as the giving season, yeah. right? And And so I think it's more about that, that there's heightened awareness that we need to um, take care of, of folks around us that are less fortunate. And so I think it's uh-huh. more about that mindset in our society than it is about fluctuations in homelessness or it being more visible. 
I think we also, rightly so, hear more about homelessness in Colorado when it's cold out and it's snowing. And and it's just really horrifying to think of us snuggled up in front of our fireplace, somebody being outside. It's it's pretty hard to fathom. I think the other thing that's that's also hard to fathom is even when it's the 4th of July and it's beautiful mm-hmm. out and it's another holiday season, um, you know, there's there's not only the people that we see on the streets, but the reality is the vast majority of homelessness um, is invisible. For every person you see on the street who appears to be experiencing homelessness or who may be ha- panhandling, um, there's likely seven or eight people behind them who are also experiencing homelessness. Sure, sure. Is homelessness um, – it has a greater ab- impact on families? Well, I don't know that I could With measure children. the – I don't know that I could measure the impact it has on one person versus okay, another. But, you... but, I will, but I will say this. I would say, you know, for 40 to 50 percent of folks across Metro Denver who don't have a home to live in are families and children. Families and, children. families and children. And and the reality is, um, you know, there's increasing research out there on what they call second generation impact. So if I've experienced the trauma of homelessness as a young child, then I might be more predisposition, be more um, likely to experience homelessness again as an adult. Um, and so we want to make because sure that's your baseline of normal. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it happens with other kinds of traumas too. It's not. It's not exclusive to homelessness. If there's some kind of abuse and 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 so on. So we want to make sure. I think that we're finding ways to provide a safe place to call home for everyone in our community. Um, but I would certainly think that children need to be at the top of the list um, because of that. The other, the other end of the spectrum is seniors. There's, you know, increasingly we're hearing about people on fixed incomes who, right. as James talked about, you know, this has been their community. They're maybe they're native Coloradans. They live their whole life here, and now they're priced out. So, so where do you go then? Yeah, 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 for sure. Jim, uh, picking up on what she's saying, are you seeing more service delivery coming to homeless? families? Well, back up first. Okay. Uh, just a thought on our awareness of those experiencing homelessness during the holidays. Yeah, It's sort of like buying a new car. <laughs> okay. Right? So everybody remembers when they bought a car, a different car, and all of a sudden when you're driving, you're seeing that car around everywhere, right? Have you ever right. noticed that? You, yeah. You see yeah. that car? Everybody's got my car now. But before yes. that, you really didn't pay attention to that mo- maker model. It, you know, it was just always, But it was always there. And really, people, uh, people including me, you, and all of us, our human nature, we're just not very aware of things unless we understand how they affect us. And I think that's a large disconnect. Sure. That this person's over there and it doesn't affect me, my world, my family, my children, or my life. And the reality is that we, none of us lives in that bubble, right? We live in an ecosystem. Sure. And so the reality is that... Uh, we need to learn for ourselves and be humble, frankly, to realize we ourselves are not immune to homelessness, right? It's an experience in someone's life. Someone experiences homelessness. You're not a homeless person, right? Uh, you know, if, if, if you're hungry and you know you're going to eat lunch, you're not going to mm-hmm. forever be called a person that's hungry. Or, you know, it's just you're a person who's hungry. So the, the reality is that people disconnect from that. 
they disconnect from that awareness. But that's why you have close to home to reconnect them in a positive manner. Absolutely. But you know what else I believe in? Aligning with initiatives. Sure. Is that people do really want to do good in the world. That they're really not soured in a way that they feel like they can't make a difference. Because when you – how many times have I heard out in the field, oh, my gosh, homelessness is such a big thing. How will we ever end it? You know, there's initiatives to end homelessness. I mean, come on. And the reality is not you're, you're not trying to take on the, the whole issue in the whole world. It's more like what can I do as an individual in my own personal space? What's manageable? Well, well Jim, you set that up just right to come right to you. <laughs> uh, what do you tell the general public that they can do, even if they are changing their minds about the conditions and the causes, and they still say, as Jim would say, what can I do? I'm just one person. Well, all of our problems are solved by just one person and then one more person and so on and so forth. And so this this issue is no different. Um, We certainly, again, through our polling, we heard that most people think it's up to government and to charitable organizations, faith-based organizations to address homelessness. And um, absolutely, they're all in it. Um, But all of us need to be because... Um, it's going to take uh, a lot of people doing a lot of different things. What can I do? Yeah. Um, I can I can learn more. So I can. If people are listening to this this morning, they're hearing that maybe it's more than the person that I see on the street. Maybe it is for reasons that I can better understand. Maybe it does impact me and and my family and in my community. So I can learn more. That's one thing I can do. Sure. Um, I can also um, volunteer to help. There's tons and tons of, of ways to volunteer with different organizations, different events. If you go to closetohomeco.org, you'll find um, how, how can I help. And there's you put in your zip code and you can find places that are close to you where you can volunteer your time and your talents places where you can make donations of clothing and furniture and money. Um, You can also show up differently. If there's a meeting in your community about putting some affordable housing in and you're worried that that's going to bring down the the pricing on your home or um, some such, you can learn more about that. And by the way, that's not the case. Um, It does not bring down the value of people's homes. It increases the value on people's homes. There's actually studies that have been done about that. Show up at a community meeting and and be open to hearing things and to listening to different points of view instead of being a NIMBY, not in my backyard. That's one of the things we really, really need to do in this community. We need more YIMBYs. We need yes in my backyard. Yes in my backyard. We need yeah. homes for people to live in so that we can all continue to live in these wonderful communities that we call home. Well, you know, I know among seniors, I also spent some time with the Denver, um, the Mayor's Commission for the Aging. And one of the things that they are debating is is home sharing or house sharing or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas some people have said, well, we I want to do it, but I've got the stranger coming in. And maybe with seniors uh, who you can say had a house right here, now they we need to back them up a different way. But some of the other homeless, you don't know those guys at all. And, and so trying to change their minds on that, even if they could do it, 
what do we have to put into place where somebody who needs a home can be vetted yep. or something well, and they can do a house sharing? Yeah, that's that's happening right now. I, I know of one nonprofit, Sunshine Home Share, um, that is doing exactly what you just described. Yeah. And I'm sure that there are other organizations doing it as well. Um, and so I think with any good idea, there's upsides and there's downsides, and we want to make sure that we're safe in how we move things forward. And that's exactly what this nonprofit does, is it mm-hmm. identifies opportunities that could be somebody who's in a home and is older and needs a little help around their house, maybe wants some companionship, wants some extra dollars coming in. So they open up a room or a portion of their home, and that helps somebody who's at risk of losing their housing or has already lost their housing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, again, as James said earlier, it's not those homeless folk. It's people who right now don't have a home to live in because something happened. And that's I think that's a terrific solution to finding ways that people can, um, you know, not only move into a home, but they're helping somebody else out in the community and they're they're having some companionship and um, there's lots of interesting, innovative ideas out there. There's tiny homes and, you know, other things that are people are being creative because of low wages and high cost of housing. We, yeah. we have to come up with more and better ideas and we have to be willing to try things. Are we finding that some people just want shelter for a night or a few days versus a home where they need to maintain and come home to and that kind of thing. Is there a difference between the two for for people on the street that may be looking for a roof over their heads, a temporary versus permanent? So people want a home. Uh, we all need a safe place to call home. Uh, and the reality is that we don't want to be in shelters. We don't want to be in these other situations. We don't want to be living in cars where our children are in the backseat doing their homework to a lamplight and attending school every single day as, you know, student ABC. But at nighttime, they are very much homeless. You know, it's, we focused a lot in our conversation about individuals experiencing homelessness and the, the episodic things that happen in their life that might lead to it. But there's a, a two sides to this coin. It's when that happens and systems are broken on the other side. So there's the other side of systems, uh, Adam, uh, you know, things like eviction mm-hmm. here in Colorado and, and policy and systems that need to be addressed to help keep people in place. It, it's much it's preventative medicine to put systems in place to uh, address our eviction issues here in the state mm-hmm. because it costs all of us, all taxpayers, a lot less money to keep someone in their home before they lose it. We all need a safe place to call home is one of the goals of the Close to Home Homelessness Outreach Project. We thank Christy McElhenney of Close to Home and James Gillespie of Mile High Behavioral Health Care for sharing with us again what we can do to contribute to making homelessness history in Colorado. You can also learn more online at close to home co, close to home co.org. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch, stay in your game, and we thank you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.